This is the Authentic Advisor, where we discuss and debate hot, hot topics uh, with advisors globally. I'm Chris Mason, and today my guest is Dave Stonecipher from Herbine CPAs and Consultants in Pennsylvania, USA. And the issue we're talking about today is, I think, the number one issue globally, which is how do we attract and retain staff? So welcome, Dave. Um, thank you for taking your time to do this today. Thanks so much for having me today, Chris. It's a wonderful uh, opportunity to be with you. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So again, my name is Dave Stonecipher. I'm the managing partner of Herbine & Company. Uh, Herbine & Company is a CPA firm headquartered in Reading, Pennsylvania. I'm happy to say we're coming up on our 50th year anniversary here. Uh, the firm was founded in 1972 by our namesake partner, Carl Herbine. Um, he grew it from his kitchen table to uh, what we look like today. So our current footprint, we have nine offices that kind of spread between uh, Western Pennsylvania and the Pittsburgh region all the way to Marlton, New Jersey. Um, at our peak, we're about uh, 250 or so employees. And we kind of have a full service range of offerings to all clients. We have a lot of concentrations, uh, particularly in dairy and food manufacturing, government not-for-profit, uh, basically a core focus on what I'll say family-owned businesses. That's kind of our sweet spot, if you will. Um, recently, I'm happy to say we, we added a new, uh, new service offering. We acquired a, a full-service human resources consulting firm on the 1st of July. So they've been with us about uh, eight weeks here, nine weeks or so. And just a wonderful addition, culturally fits beautifully with what we're doing here at the firm, and it just gives us that much more ability to, to serve our clients. So that, that's just been a wonderful addition, and I'm tickled pink. They're part of the firm. Uh, personally, I grew up on a farm in, uh, in Maryland, so a little bit south of where I sit uh, here today in Reading, Pennsylvania. I joined uh, Herbine & Company in 1995 as a, uh, as a tax department intern. And I like to joke that I, uh, I quickly realized I'd found the right firm, but very much the wrong department. So I am not your guy if you need any tax assistance, but uh, I became a, a full-time audit staff in 1996 and uh, worked my way up through the firm over the years, uh, became a partner in 2008. And then after serving in some various leadership roles throughout the, the journey at the partner level, became the managing partner in 2019. So that's a little bit about me and, and the firm in a nutshell. Yeah, a great, great overview. Just a quick sub question, I guess, is uh, do you think that the, the, in my opinion, you've made some really good rapid changes to the business? Is that because you're new? Do you think? Do you think there's those fresh eyes coming in as a, is a, an attribute that you've been able to call on? It's absolutely been to my benefit. You have that little bit of a honeymoon period, if you will, as a new leader. And, you know, when, when a change is made, I think people expect changes to follow. And I certainly seize that opportunity. Um, I had the, I'll say the misfortune of starting my tenure about four months before COVID uh, became part of everybody's life. So that was a bit of a journey and, and turned some of my personal plans upside down, or maybe I should say put it on hold for a while, but, but for sure. I mean, I, having, having the opportunity to be the new guy was, was an easy way to, to start to facilitate some change. And it's been, it's been a wonderful journey the first two years in this new role, for sure. Yeah. The reason I asked that, Dave, was that if we're talking about attraction retention, then I, I would have assumed you would have taken that fresh approach, that innovative approach, in fact, um, you know, and it would have been aided and abetted, I guess, by the fact that you were the new guy and, and wanted to make some changes because you've been sitting, as you said, in leadership roles watching. You can't always get what you want done. So I'm really interested to hear what you, what you think about the attraction retention. But let's go in reverse order. What are some of the retention, uh, sorry, what strategy are you using to it? I'll go back to to my first point, what strategy we're using to attract great talent? You know, is there anything different you're doing there? 
Yeah, so that's absolutely a passion point of mine, Chris. I, I served as our firm recruiter for, probably for about 12 or 13 years before I moved into the managing partner role. So that's always been kind of really important to me, I guess I will say, in my journey. And what I always did when I was looking at to interview somebody is I very much went into each and every interview looking at that person and evaluating if they could be the next partner in the firm. And I, I say that with all seriousness. I wasn't looking for somebody that wanted a job. I wanted somebody that wanted to have a career and be part of making our firm better. So with that mindset, that helped get to that type of core person that we really wanted to, to have here at the firm. And, and it, the strategies work because honestly, there's so many people here at this firm that have had one employer in their career. And that's a very rare thing these days and something we're quite proud of. Um, so some of the strategies we use, I guess I'll say, you know, competition's tough for, for talent, as we all know, um, but it's kind of two-pronged with us. So at the college level, you know, the, the college graduates, those folks is, is a different strategy than the full-time one. So I'll start at the college level. You know, we're on campus, the campuses we recruit from, we're on campuses frequently doing a lot of speaking engagements with the accounting departments, things like that. Um, one thing I've always been passionate about is we we do the recruiting with our professional team. We don't send out our HR folks. We send out our tax professionals or our auditing professionals because we believe if those folks are out there, can tell boots on the ground story, you know, war stories, if you will, that's how those students are going to relate to the firm better than our, our, our administrative professionals, I guess. So I think that's been one distinct difference that we do as a firm that a lot of firms don't do. Um, we do a lot of sponsorships at the college level. Again, uh, when somebody's hired here as an intern, we give them a ton of Herbine swag. So they're running around campus with the Herbine sweatshirts and backpacks and, and all that type of thing. Just getting the name out there and it's just being, being visible. But most importantly, on top of all that, we give our, our interns and our full-time people an opportunity and word of mouth spreads quickly. So they go back and they tell their friends that are still in college what a wonderful experience they've had with the firm. And it just kind of spreads organically. So at the college level, you know, we, we, we candidly don't have a lot of trouble recruiting at the college level. That, that's almost easy, which is which I'm happy to say. The more experienced folks, that's a, that's a different level. There's a lot of high demand for three, four, five, seven-year talented people. Um, what we do there is, again, just try to be very, very flexible, offer opportunity, and be eyes wide open with, with what we're going to give them. And I guess one of the things that separates us is we work very hard to hire talented and professional individuals right out of the gate. And when they come on board, we treat them as the professionals they are. So when I say that, I mean, we're not babysitting them. We're very clear about what the obligations are and responsibilities are, but we give them the liberty and the freedom to be who they are. And I think with that level of responsibility and, and freedom, if you will, they kind of naturally, you know, will start to find their way and their passion here. So again, it's word of mouth, it's reputation, but it, we're very strategic about who we are, what we are as a firm and who we, we candidly will hire. Good. Um, obviously, there's been a lot written in recent months about what they're calling the Great Resignation, and there's a variety of papers out about it. Um, the one I like is the Gallup one, which is suggesting, and I'm not sure I'm uh, in agreement with the percentages, but they're saying as many as 70% of people are uh, actually thinking about making a move, and, and it's for a variety of reasons. It's lifestyle, geographics, uh, don't want to be in the profession anymore. Have you... In, in your attracting is it, do you think there's more talent around or or they they still yet to actually commit to moving are they just thinking about it it's been interesting chris so i mean i i read all the same articles i've had a lot of concern about i'll say experienced talent that are out there um 
we've had a lot of people apply to this firm in the last 90 to 120 days. And it's a little perplexing to me, but I'm excited because it's telling me we're doing something correctly and other firms aren't. Um, So I like that as far as the retention side of things. Um, Our turnover is astonishingly low for a CPA firm. And we see all the statistics out there as a profession and we don't have as a profession, very good, you know, turnover statistics, you know, something in the 30% range or whatever you read out there. And that just, candidly is mind blowing to me because we're in the single digits, you know, in a bad year kind of thing, you know, so it's not something that candidly we have to worry about too much here at Herbine and company. But again, we, we try very, very hard to treat our people fairly, treat them with respect, give them opportunity, reward them when they deliver on their accomplishments. And it's just, we just make an environment that people want to be around. And you, I guess I'll say it this way. No, everybody here has an important role in this firm, top to bottom, and, and everybody treats each other that way. So you know, when you come in as an intern, you're not treated as just that intern to go get me some coffee kind of thing. You're an important part of this firm. The receptionist is an important part of this firm. And that culture is very important to us. And that's something our founding partner, Carl, Carl Herbine, was passionate about. And that's something that I'm going to continue to be the steward of on a go forward basis because it, it does separate us for sure. Yeah. It sounds to me like you're what we'd call a destination employer. So, and there's no one thing that actually creates that. There'll be 10 different things you've done. Where, where people are unsettled for whatever reason, um, they will think about you or if they see an ad for, or an opportunity for you uh, to join you, then they'll, they'll look for it. And that's why you're getting you know, so many probably unsolicited um, approaches at the moment. It's good. So that's good. Let's move on to retention because one of the important things you said there was that the, uh, you, your uh, churn rate is in single, single figures. So let's say 7 8 9%. I was talking to someone only this week in the UK and he was quoting 25%, so you're not far with your 30. And uh, what I said to him, which I'll repeat for the audience today, is that I think 5 to 10% is healthy because particularly when you're growing, sometimes you do outgrow people or they may outgrow you. I mean, it sounds like you, you've probably got more of the, the former, but... Um, <laughs> You know, when when it's up around that twenty five percent, it's too much. Um, we're we're probably it's a early warning sign that we're not doing something right. So I can interpret from your single digit figure that you are doing the right thing, particularly in this environment. But are there any specific retention initiatives that you're using to create that culture? There's there, there's several, I guess, that come to mind to that question, Chris. Uh, you know, first off. Uh, one of my biggest fears is somebody comes in here at the firm and we put them, say, hypothetically in the audit department and they feel they're stuck or pigeonholed to be an auditor. And maybe that's not their passion. You, you, you go through college and you had a good auditing professor and you think you want to be an auditor and then you go out and do it for real and it's not, nowhere near what you expected. So one thing we're very strategic is about it. We make sure we get a lot of different opportunities in front of people. And the goal with that is to help them try to find their passion because you know, the second you find your passion, then it's a whole lot of fun to go to work every day. So you know, if, if auditing's not for them and taxes is or government accounting, whatever, we try very hard to get people exposed to everything we have here at the firm pretty quickly so they can help their find, find our sweet spot, if you will. So that, that's one thing we're very intentional about. Um, I, I got a bit of a tagline here at the firm, and it, there's kind of really only three things we ask of our team. And, and one of it, I always say, don't go dark on us. And what I mean by that, stay in communication. Um, if you meet your deadlines and keep your clients happy, I don't really care when, where, how you get something done. If you can accomplish those three goals, again, staying in communication, keeping clients happy and meeting deadlines. Again, we treat our people like professionals and give them the liberty because we all, you know, life gets in the way. There's 
dentist appointments and kids soccer games and things like that all that's important you can figure out how to fit work in in between all that with a little liberty so that that's very very important to us and we work hard to keep that as part of uh, our culture here um, education is a big thing that comes to mind when I think about that question, Chris, we're, we're very strategic and, you know, there's licensing requirements relative to how much education we have to provide our professionals, but we do an amazing job of putting a, a, a big emphasis on education and providing a lot more than the bare minimum, I'll say, uh, for licensure. So you, know, you, you can definitely continue your, your, your growing and your, your education journey here at the firm for sure. Uh, one passion point of our founding partner was community service. He was very big on giving back to the community. And that's something as a firm we just have culturally here. So everybody has a passion project, whether it's uh, the United Way or Red Cross or things like that, whatever nonprofit they're into, we as a firm get behind those, rally behind them, provide them economic resources, time away, things like that to to give back to the community. So I could go down a long list of community service you know, campaigns we have here as a firm, but that's something I, we're all pretty passionate about here. And I guess one of my other taglines, I guess I'm known for around here, I always ask our team to raise their hand. And what I mean by that is just get involved. There's so many things you can do to contribute and be part of this firm and to make our firm better. And I just ask that they raise their hand and be part of it. You know, every, everybody's got a little, little spot that they can make this firm better in. And I ask them to step up and do that. So you know, through that involvement, I think they feel, I know they feel like they're making this place better. They, they're part of it and they're part of where we're headed to in our strategic plan going forward. Yeah. And one of the things that you mentioned there with the community, but it made me think of something else, is that there's a lot written at the moment. Uh, in fact, I um, uh, repeated, selling, uh, it was a McKinsey article uh, this week that I sent out or liked and, and, and circulated to my contacts. Uh, and it was about how important, particularly with young people, uh, having meaning in their life, you know, to, that, that there's a purpose. And so if they're unsure about that, those community endeavours, can actually, they can stumble across some meaning. So are you conscious of the fact that you're trying to uh, work on purpose and meaning for, for particularly your younger ones? Well, that, that absolutely is part of it. And, you know, there's there's something going on next Tuesday where there's about a dozen of us going downtown to build a, a one of the, you know, kind of a Ronald McDonald house, if you will, one of those community houses for yeah. the, the underprivileged. And it's just, it just it, it's a feel good, give back. It's, it's bigger than just, going to work and having a job every day. You're part of the community. You're giving back to the community. We're, we're an important business in this community and it's good to be out there and giving back. We're all, we've all been very blessed and fortunate, particularly in the last two years through the pandemic. And it's good. Our team sees that, recognizes that, and they're willing to, to give back to those that weren't so fortunate. So yeah. it's absolutely intentional. When, when we founded Mindshop, you know, so many years ago now, 25, 30 years ago, um, we decided that we needed a charity and I had a belief that if every business in the world had bolt-on charity like a foundation mm -hmm. in in the UK and here it's called charitable trust um, the world would be a better place now the irony is we set one up way back then and we still have it and I'm on the board mm -hmm. uh, but I don't feel bad if someone doesn't have it it's not a rule for them it's a rule for us sure and I found that we call it value to others and uh, we adopt exactly the same thing. And you see firms that are good at that. They do have that culture and that more uh, strength in meaning and purpose and, and, and contribution to society. Um, yeah, the great thing, Chris, I don't even really have to twist anybody's arm around here. We have so many little events. I mean, I'm thinking about we do a, a 
kind of a holiday thing around, you know, Christmas time, whatever, giving gifts to the underprivileged. And I don't go in the conference room and there's 30 people wrapping Christmas presents. They all donate and stuff like that. You know, it's just, it's just this organic thing that gets, it's, yeah. it's just an amazing thing. It's just, it's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. The other thing was <coughs> a bit of inside knowledge. You mentioned to me in a previous time that you did have some resignations that people that wanted to, through COVID or whatever reason, decide to want to move. But if, I hope I'm not throwing you under the bus here, but I, I think you said, and you've retained all but or most of them, to, and you're happy for them to re, be working remotely. Is did I did I hear that right? That was a few months ago. You, you did hear that right, and, and and honestly, it happened a little bit before that. We weren't as good with the technology, admittedly, but it, it, probably six or seven years ago, one of our very very strong, you know, five six year auditors his wife was going to relocate to North Carolina to go to graduate school. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, we can't lose this guy. And we, we got to figure this out. And we figured out a way that it just, again, we weren't as good with technology. So it was bumpier than it is today, but we were, we figured out a way to work remotely six or seven years ago and it worked beautifully. So when COVID happened and some of this stuff started again, it was a very easy way to say, look, we can accommodate anything. I don't care if you're sitting in Idaho or if you're sitting in Hawaii or anything in between or something, we can figure this out. So um, yeah, we've got a, probably a team of seven or eight now that they almost never come in this Pennsylvania office and you might see them two times a year these days, but you know, again, and that's done because they've been valued, trusted employees yeah. and we weren't going to be in a position we lost them. We had, we were going to work with them because yeah. they meant something to us. So it's not something you'd automatically offer to a new graduate or something like that. It, it, they would have really had to have proven their trust and loyalty to you. Is that is that a factor in your decision? Well, you know, Chris, I'll say yes to that question before COVID, but now that we're a little smarter and know we can do things easier with a remote environment, we're, we're definitely going down a different strategic path about looking for uh, some geographies for talent that we wouldn't have considered before. So we, we're going to try to ex- kind of expand that and we're going to have a little more remote workforce than that we would have even considered two or three years ago. Yeah. Well, that leads me on to a, another point, which is, you know, we are, we've always been competing for fees, you know, for clients, but now we're competing for people. Uh, do you see any mistakes that other people uh, are making in the marketplace? Uh, and they don't have to be CPA firms, but I assume that's what you'd be thinking mostly about, but your clients will be having exactly the same issues. But oh, sure. any mistakes you could report on, uh, that are interesting? Uh, well, you know, I guess to think about that question, I mean, it, there's that cliche out there that, you know, people don't leave companies, they leave people or managers, you know, I guess I'll say it that way. And that, that's very true at the end of the day. It's it's not it's not a, f- a firm or it's not a company, it's an individual and how you're treating them. So what, what I'm going to say right there is just not treating people with respect and, you know, looking at them as a, a widget or an object rather than a human being, you know, at the end of the day, everybody's got life. I said it earlier and life gets in the way. It's sometimes you just, you have to have some flexibility and trust and respect. And if you don't provide that respect, you're certainly not going to get the respect in return. And, and candidly, you don't deserve that respect. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of companies and firms make the mistake of not giving their employees, I guess, a voice or an opportunity to be heard. So if, if, if they're not going to work and feel like their opinion matters, I think that's a, that's a grave mistake that mm-hmm. companies make. Uh, we're very intentionally transparent, and I hired a professional communications manager when I took over this new role for the intent of improving our communications. I think transparency and strong communications is critical. Um, again, there's a lot that we do as a firm we're working on. I want our team to know that. I want to know what I want them to know what direction we're headed, and I felt a communications manager was was 
not, that's not my strength and I needed help there. So I went out and, and found somebody that could help me. And again, having that open dialogue and communication, I think is critical. And, and some companies make mistakes there. And I guess lastly, I did to that is, I guess responsiveness comes to mind. And, and what I say there is just people have needs. They need your time. They need, need help. Be responsive to them. Don't, don't let them out there. Just know you're available. And maybe I'll just say the open door policy, but stand behind that and, and be available for your team and, and, you know, let them, let them, let them believe and know that they're important to you and not, not that you're about that they're a bother. It's, they, they can't ever feel like they're a bother because they shouldn't be a bother. No. Okay. Last, the last main question to ask you is as managing partner, what's your role in attraction retention? Are you just the, the, uh, the quarterback or, or do you have a, a other roles? Again, I touched on my passion for that, having served in that recruiter role. So I, I miss that, to be candid with you. I kind of like being boots on the ground and doing those campus interviews. But, you know, what I'm doing now, uh, I absolutely meet with every one of our incoming college classes. So we just had our, our New Year's class start last week. I made sure I went in there and spoke to all of them as a group. I do a little thing. Maybe it's maybe it's goofy or hokey or whatever, but I do a little what we call coffee with Dave thing. Um, where every single new employee, I meet with them for 20 or 30 minutes and just sit down here in my office where I'm sitting right now. And we do a little get to know each other session. And it's not a, not an interview. It's not, you know, anything uncomfortable. I just, I just want to know them as a person. I want them to know me and you kind of relate to each other a little bit, hear their story and they hear mine. And that's, I have a lot of fun with that. And it's just a great way to get to know the team on a, on a personal level. Um, you know, it just, I want to make sure that there's never any bait and switch that our teams are very open and transparent when they're doing recruiting, that they they're communicating exactly what we are as a firm. I don't want somebody coming in here thinking one thing about Herbine and company and they find out it's something different when they get here. So it, we're very strategic and open about the dialogue. And, you know, I guess I get, I try to be very, very visible with the team when it comes down to it. I've, I've upped my game and the firm's game from a social media standpoint, I guess, if you will, and we try to stay visible. So I guess that, that's what I've changed my roles in since I can't be the boots on the ground guy anymore at the college level. Good. Okay. Well, thank you for that. It's tradition that we have three rapid fire questions. So these oh. one-liners, they're sure. not designed to put you under pressure, but you know, you never know. Um, and they're all about what you perceive to be advisory trends. So if you're ready, I'll just, I'll start rattling them off. And you I'll, do I'll do my best. So what do you reckon the biggest growth challenge is at the moment for firms? Um, for us, it's been COVID and not being able to be boots on the ground as much and being in front of people as we would like. You know, some of that organic dialogue that leads to projects has been a bit of a challenge this year. So I'm hoping that's not as big a challenge in 2022. Okay. And is there any common strategy or strategies that you find cutting through with leaders and clients generally? And if so, you know, why, why do you think that's working at the moment? I think we're we're strategically looking for some of those open-ended conversations that are more difficult now that you're not as in front of clients. And, you know, again, I've used some of the MindShop tools to get out there and do some of those you know, killer coffee conversations virtually that would have happened the other way. But it's just trying to get that dialogue going because inevitably those conversations lead to projects and then yeah. you know, that leads to growth. Yeah, I agree. Last one is if there's one area that you're seeking to work on yourself over the next 12 months, what what's one area you think you could improve in or need to improve in? I need to be a little better not beating myself up. I, I, I mentioned earlier I had four months under my belt before COVID happened, and I had all this list of things I wanted to accomplish, and then I couldn't do hardly any of it and had to table a lot of it. So I'm, I'm trying to be better at uh, realizing we've, we've accomplished a lot. It just wasn't what I thought I was going to accomplish and, and not being so hard on myself. Yeah. No, well, that's, I think that's a message for everyone. So that's very, very, uh, very good to mention that. Well, thanks, Dave. Uh, as always, uh, great insights from you. 
Uh, I know they'll be very helpful to the listeners today. And uh, thanks again for your time. My pleasure, Chris. Happy to help. Thanks. Thanks.